Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Alison Porter. Alison is the founder and managing director of Pennywise Consultants, a team of financial lifestyle analysts. Alison started Pennywise in 2016, having identified a real need for a service that would alleviate the fear and uncertainty felt by people worrying about how they will manage their finances after divorce or separation. So I am super excited to welcome Alison Porter to the show. Welcome, Alison. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on because I know finances is quite a difficult topic for so many of my listeners. I think it's something that a lot of us are a bit scared to look at because when you go through a divorce, you're separating your lifestyles, which usually means some sort of compromise or even cutbacks which is scary so I'm really excited you're here to, to shine a bit of a light on this but before we get into that Alison tell us a little bit about your business and, and what it does for, for your clients. Okay well what do we do we essentially in lawyers terms create and challenge income need schedules in layman's terms that means we help people with their budgets um, most people watching this at some point will be faced with the dreaded for me. I think it's about 38 pages at the moment, and it involves full financial disclosure. Now, we get involved in section three of that, where you're asked what looks like quite a small question, but it has a really big answer. What do you need for the rest of your life? Well, that scares the living daylights out of most people. And I think it'd be fair to say that the for me usually then lands on the too difficult pile and sits there. So our aim is to take all that hassle and stress away from our clients and essentially do it for them. Having said that, we do like to interact with the clients. It's so important that people understand why the figures are in there, that they understand, well, literally how much their life is going to cost going forwards, how much it's going to cost them to run their house, their pets, their holidays. So we do a sort of catch-all budget. So the idea is that you will have what you need to live on for the rest of your life. <laughs> I remember that for me. And to be quite honest, I never want to see another one as long as I live, because it no. definitely fell into the too difficult, too stressful, but also too overwhelming at a time when most clients are struggling to get out of bed in the morning and just to function and get through their daily life. Because it's something that once you start the divorce process, it's one of the first pieces of paperwork that you've really got to look at because it, mm -hmm. I, it identifies your, all your assets, all your liabilities, looks at what you're worth as a family unit. And, and then that's how they, they make a decision on what you're legally entitled to, I guess. So that can be extremely overwhelming, can't it? I mean, is that what you see with your clients? Because I mean, for me, even just hearing that word, <laughs> the words for me now just sends a shiver down my spine. And I'm 12 years on from having to complete mine. I know. I mean, it, it horrifies 
everyone, I think. I don't know a single person who's embraced having to sit down and fill in this form. And it's why it often gets left to the last minute. Uh, and we quite often receive formies from solicitors with a blank section three, because it really is difficult. And you're so right when you say that people are not in the best position to be doing this, not in the best frame of mind. They might be very busy working, stressed about the children and what's happening with the children, uh, not know where they're going to live. Really, it's a time of the most enormous uncertainty. It gets left to the last minute, but it is one of the most important things you can do. But we've got clients who have tried to sit down every weekend and say, right, I'm going to do it this weekend, I'm going to do it this weekend. And then they just can't do it. So it is very common for us to receive a phone call at the very last minute saying, we've got a client with blank section three, can you help fill it in? Now, that's not ideal for us because it takes time to do these budgets. But I think, you know, we've had people who are too depressed to even do it. People who don't have access to the family finances. They may never have seen the bank statements or credit cards. There's usually one person in the relationship that deals with the finances. But we like to think that we can support people and help them feel more confident, actually. Um, and we do often see people grow in confidence as they talk to us. And that's very rewarding. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, I agree. I think, I mean, I see a lot of clients who are just, you know, not used to dealing with the finances. They don't know anything about the finances sometimes. And they're like, well, you know, I, that wasn't my job. My job was this side of running the house. And I had these responsibilities. And my ex did all the finances and controlled the bank accounts. And some of them don't even know what bank accounts they have. So I guess that adds to the pressure, right? What, how do you help people who really don't know what they've got and where it is? Well, what we do is most people know more than they think they do, particularly on their personal spending. I mean, most of us know at least how often we go to the hairdresser or, you know, go on holiday. But for people that have absolutely no idea, that's where we really come in because we have a very comprehensive checklist which we go through with them on the telephone, takes between one and two hours, depending on how much chatting goes on. But we then mark all the boxes that apply to them. And then we have a huge amount of research and data that then we can populate for me with. But every budget is tailored to that person, to their lifestyle and to their needs, because there's no point in us putting in an absolutely huge budget if the money isn't there so we like to have an idea of roughly what's in the pot and then we can tailor it accordingly we did do one budget where our client sadly was so depressed that she couldn't talk to us at all and that's quite hard but the a friend of hers stepped in and said well this is where they would go on holiday this is what children's hobbies are that kind of thing so if someone's prepared to step in and give us a steer that's really helpful, but it is perfectly possible to do. I do think it's so overwhelming. I think a lot of people, it's no fun, is it? No. I mean, for a lot of people, this is just really painful. So, I mean, it's not something when you've, you're just trying to survive in those early stages, you probably, you know, it's understandable. So if anyone's listening to this and thinking, oh yeah, that's me, well, it's totally normal, mm. but there is help out there. I, mean, I know a lot of the law firms may say, look, we can do that for you. So how do people work with you and their lawyers? 
Well, generally, the lawyers send an introduction to us and give some background information. Um, some don't, some just give them give people our telephone number and they ring. But what we do is we like to work in conjunction with the lawyers and the client. So we will get as much information as possible from the client so that we know the parameters within we're working, within which we're working. Then we'll work with the client to produce the budget. Then it goes back to them and the lawyer to have a look at. And the lawyer, that's very important because the lawyer might say, do you know, we'll never get away with putting that in. Or do you know what, I think you could put more in for that or whatever, but they will sense check it. And they're the ones that are going to have to deliver it with the client. So we always leave time between when it's neat, well, between the deadline and, and us doing it to, to really familiarize the lawyer and the client with, with the budget. So we also put in notes where all our research has come from. So if they're being cross-examined on the budget, the lawyer and the client will be able to see where we got our figures from, whether that was the source for the oil, for the oil tank, or it was, you know, who cleans the windows or whatever it is. We reference everything. And if it's really contentious, we also produce um, screenshots of all our research. So if they say, well, how do you know the flights cost that much? We can just go, well, that's where we got it from. So it's the reports evidence-based and the lawyers like that. What we would always like is to be given as much notice to do this as possible because it isn't involved. Well, There's you a lot saying, of work that goes into each and every for me, isn't there? A lot of work. There is. And if anyone listening is thinking they're embarrassed because they've been putting it on the too hard pile, if you could see the rest of my office, you'd see my will sitting over there, which I've been putting off looking at and revising for about six months. You know, none of us like doing these things. Um, so I think the lawyers are keen to hand it over to us because, as you say, they they're not trained to do it. A trainee isn't going to do it as well as we would do it. And it's also very important that it's done by an impartial party because it can take a lot of the acrimony out of divorce rather than having the um, you said, I said thing or whatever it is. Um, it's, well, they said it. Uh, and that really helps. I mean, we do quite a lot of joint instructions actually. And if we've produced the budget with input from both parties, then that does take the heat out of the situation. Judges like it because it's been well thought out and everything. Um, so I would like to think that we take the stress away, but we can also help alleviate quite a lot of the acrimony as well really important if you can do that that really helps and I guess with no fault divorce people making joint applications now for divorce that might become more of a you know something that we see more of because I don't think we see much of that at the moment I certainly don't see much of that in my clinic but I mean it was interesting there that you said that lawyers refer to you I mean in my experience working with clients most lawyers will try and do that in-house it depends on the lawyers and on the, the law firm. They are being encouraged now to use independent experts more because 
the president of the family law division, he was saying at the resolution conference last week that he wants to try and keep as many cases as possible out of court. They haven't got the capacity. They didn't have the capacity before the pandemic, and they certainly don't have it now. So you're looking at a really convoluted process going over perhaps a couple of years. So some lawyers just get it and they hand it over to us. Others will always keep it in-house. I think it's fair to say that some of the very large firms do keep it in-house because they want to push the fee earning down to the trainees. But as I said before, they they won't do it anywhere near as well as, as we would. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's probably less to... expensive to have you do it than the law, law firms do it, I would imagine. Well, I always say to people, it's a bit cheeky, but I say we do it quicker, we do it faster and we do it better. You know, I mean, I could plough through my own tax return, probably, but I don't because I don't know what all the latest tax breaks are and things like that. And when we're doing our budgets, we know the most up to date price on everything. And we also allow for future spending you know a washing machine won't last forever so we put in annualized figures for replacement of white goods electrical goods all that kind of thing now I think it'd be quite hard for most people to get their heads around that now we have that information at our fingertips so it doesn't take as long at all to put that information in um, it takes far longer to do all the personal spending and that kind of thing and we'll work out car costs depreciation on cars you know there's quite a lot of technical stuff that goes into it we're not just sitting there with a john lewis catalogue going oh i think we'll put one of those in or one of those in um <laughs> so i think we have the expertise yeah we have the expertise to do it what what can someone expect to as a as a rough cost for this kind of project well our budgets start at 995 pounds plus fat and if you think that a lot of lawyers in the provinces are around 300, 350 pounds an hour, you know, that's not much of, you know, they're not going to be able to do much in, in that time. Um, they start from, from that, that's our standard package. Um, I have in fact offered this morning to look at someone's budget who can't afford that. And we'll do that on an hourly rate of 140 plus fat. But then our bespoke budgets usually range from between 2000 to 3000. And then if we do bank and credit card analysis, that's done on an hourly rate. But whatever we're doing, we discuss with the person and with the lawyer which service is going to suit them best. They're always given a fixed price quotation prior to um, yeah. engaging us. So they know where they are. For people listening, you know, this this is something that is really stressful, the finances, because when you're going through any kind of breakup, there's going to be, you know, as I said earlier, that the changes in what you're used to. And I think that emotional stress also means that people just don't want to look at this. They don't want to have to get clarity and see the gaping holes in their finances that might be there post you know the financial settlement you know downsizing a home is is really emotional downsizing you know on the holidays or the you know the extras that you may have got grown to sort of become accustomed to that can be very very difficult so do you guys get you have to work quite closely with people how do you manage those emotions that you're dealing with too 
Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life, and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. How do you manage those emotions that you're dealing with too? Well, I'm sure she won't mind me saying that Suzanne, our project manager, cries a lot. She gets really involved <laughs> with the clients. I mean, she rang me. Um, she was working from home last week and rang me and a horrible case had come up where it was actually a gentleman being abused by his wife physically and mentally. And she was just in tears with him. They get very involved on the project side. It's impossible not to. You're looking at, it's very intimate, the process. Um, people are feeling vulnerable. Um, they're giving you really a look behind the scenes, what they're spending on everything. Um, and we see it all, whether it's cosmetic um, surgery, whether it's, you know, medical things, whatever. So, I suppose we manage it just by being very sympathetic, by talking to one another. Um, I'm always the backstop. Uh, I don't get so involved in the projects, so it's slightly easier for me. But then I was the one who picked up the phone this morning to somebody very upset. And, you know, so I do have to deal with that as well. Um, she's being bullied into putting as little as possible in her budget. Um, and I suspect we'll find some time somewhere to help her out of that hole for not very much. So um, the answer is we can't really avoid all the emotion. We we do care. We do get we do get emotional, but we're strong as well and firm, you know, because some people do procrastinate to a point where we have to say, now, come on, you know, I'm I'm going on holiday on Friday. If you don't get it done before then, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know people do need that emotional support. So obviously, what what I do with my coaches. So I think it's really important to to have that softer side to what you're doing because you are going to hear that obviously, and and it's going to come in with the stress about the finances. You you touched on abuse there. Tell me a bit about that. You know, do you see a lot of people, I mean, I guess you might see some financial abuse that's been going on, economic abuse. How does that show up? And what, what are you seeing generally at the moment? Um, we, we do see quite a bit of economic abuse. Um, it's much more common than people think. And unlike physical abuse, it's often not at all obvious to the observer. Um, our greatest difficulty then is persuading that person to put things 
in their budget because they're frightened of looking greedy, frightened of asking too much, or just have no idea what things cost. I mean, we have one client who would literally try and hide a bottle of a pot of face cream in her waitrose shop or whatever it was, because her husband would then go through the receipt afterwards and check what she'd been buying. And this is where divorce coaches are such a help to us because if you can help the client emotionally and buoy them up from your side, then it makes our job much easier. And usually we get a warning from the lawyer. The lawyer knows what's going on. Um, I, I don't think we've ever had a case where the lawyer hasn't known what's going on, which is why they've sent them to us. Um, we had one person who was not only being economically abused, but she'd been living in the Middle East for the last 15 years. So she quite literally didn't know what anything cost here. And what was lovely by the end of it was that she'd grown so much in confidence and she's starting up her own charity actually to help other people. Um, but it is too common. I think I'm right in saying that it's also illegal now. I think it falls into, you might know more about that than I do. Yeah, I think it falls absolutely into is illegal. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that doesn't stop it, unfortunately. And and also, I don't know if you see this, but a, a lot of people don't realise when they're in those abusive relationships because it's usually happened gradually over a period of time. They've normalised it, minimalised it, just so they can kind of cope. But like you, I had a, a, I mean, I've lots of clients, but one of them not so long ago was telling me how, you know, the same story where she went off to work. She, if she bought a coffee, she had to bring all her receipts back home. And then she had to justify why she bought it and hadn't taken a flask in that morning. And, and everything she spent had to go as soon as she got home to her husband, who was going through the receipts. Now, I'm saying husband, there are other clients I've had who are male who are going through very similar situations. I also have family barristers here in my clinic on my sofa saying that their salary has always gone straight into their partner's account and they then distribute as much as they feel they would need each month. And I'm thinking, you know, this happens to everyone. It's not a class thing. It's not a gender thing. This yeah. is something that is going on all the time. And a lot of people won't even realize it. So they're not realizing it. And how do you kind of handle that when they come to you? Well, so far, I think by the time they get to us, they have realized what what is going on um and they've been perhaps pushed by their divorce coach or their lawyer to, to come to us and of course they've already made that big step to decide to get divorced and leave that person um most of them have had some counseling of some form or another so i think they've already reached that level of awareness when they come to us so they're really looking to be handheld and find out what things cost because we had a case very similar to yours quite recently where she had quite a good job you know a good job as a teacher but he took every single her salary just went straight into his bank account and she was left with nothing to spend on herself and that actually has a lovely ending that story because I in fact did her checklist and she cried and we got through it and I was literally saying things to her, if you were allowed to buy a dress, where would you go? You know, do you go to weddings? Do you go to this, that, and the other? Anyway, we did it. And then I heard from her about two weeks ago 
and she's now happily living in a new house with her four children. The children are happier, she's happy. She's met someone else, but is keeping a hold on her finances. She's put her name back into her maiden name and she just sounded really happy, really happy. So I think um, it's rather a long answer to your question, but I think they already have a level of awareness when they get to us. And then it's a case of us coaching them through the checklist and that helps you know help them regain their self-confidence and self-reliance even which that's a lovely story with that it's nice to hear that, that there is a happy ending at the end because you just never know sometimes do you it's, it's really tough and these things can have long lasting impact so it's important that you know people listening if you're going through this reach out to someone who can help you ask for the help and you know there are people like Alison who are compassionate and warm and empathetic and understand and can you know also sort of contact you with other people who can do the same so it's, it's important that you build the right team around you I think um, when you're going through this. I think it is I mean I've thought for a long time that everyone going through this does need a team and I've always thought of that team as being um, divorce coach, uh, financial advisor, which we're not, but our figure feeds into their cash flow model. They can do an accurate cash flow model if they know how much someone spends in a year. And, and then, of course, the lawyer who knows all the, the legal aspects. Um, and I would really, I'm really trying quite hard to promote that amongst the industry because. I do think people need a team and I think they need a team before, during and afterwards. I think that it's quite um, sad sometimes when people actually come out the other end of their divorce and are then left with no advice. You know, their other half might have taken the financial advisor with them or the accountant or whatever. And I think support is needed afterwards as well. I mean, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got a lot of clients who've been through their divorce. I'm still working with them because because then it's like, well, what next? You know, dating and getting back out there, rebuilding your life, maybe starting a new income stream or a business. You know, there's so many things that that, you know, life goes on. So it's like next chapter. And also, you know. How do you get your finances sorted if you're not used to managing those? So you know, if, if people are listening and maybe they're not going through like a, uh, a divorce or maybe they're not going down the legal route, I mean, hopefully people aren't all rushing down to get a lawyer these days because obviously you no fault divorce is in and you can do a lot of things online if you are you know, amicable coming out of a healthy relationship. Can you support people through those scenarios as well to get more clarity on their budgeting and what life will look like? We do do a expenditure monitoring service afterwards because especially if the client has gone for a clean break, you know, they've got a lump sum and some spend it too quickly and some afraid to spend it at all. So we do offer a monitoring service afterwards where we can just have a look over things every um, month, couple of months, three months and say, you know, actually you're going a bit overboard on this or that or you know you're fine um they could do that with us they could do it with a financial advisor but a financial advisor won't be looking at the minutiae like we are I mean we have one hilarious client who just said you know I just can't stop spending money on clothes well it's not an awful lot we can do about that except say 
try not to or why don't you sell something <laughs> like you or something um i mean there's a limit to what we can do um but before i forget you touched on a very important point that i've thought about quite a lot recently having read an article on abuse and that is this isn't a this isn't a class thing this in fact i think a lot of economic abuse go is hidden underground in the more affluent levels of of our society and other people look at that person from the outside and go, oh, they're so lucky. Oh, they go on lovely holidays. Oh, they've got a nice car. Oh, they've got this. They have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. And I think it can be very insidious and covert in the more well-off. I definitely agree. I mean, I, I experienced it myself and I know um, a lot of my clients do. You know, I've got a client at the moment who... You know, she earns a lot of money. She brings money into the household. Yet when she goes shopping, she doesn't spend a lot of money on herself because she's working and they've got kids. But when she was married and she was going shopping, she'd get those bags from wherever, you know, she'd go up to London and do it. And she'd come back with the shopping bags and she would have to, she had this sort of a rubbish chute because she was in, a, in an apartment block. She would literally unpack everything as soon as she got home, cut out everything and just put all the labels and the you know, bags down the rubbish chute before her husband came home because even though she was earning exactly the same as him and it, you know he was spending things on him and going on trips and weekends and buying things had nice cars not much nicer than hers she knew that that would cause tension so it's sometimes it could be just as small as that really where you just feel that the balance isn't isn't right there um, and quite often that's the tip of the iceberg for a lot, you know, that's something you feel awkward about what else is going on. So, yeah, I think you're so right. Such an important topic, I think. And and I think post-pandemic it's coming to the fore. I know that I have in my accredited team of, of uh, divorce coaches, we have some people now that are specialising in helping people through that financial economic abuse just because it's just happening so much. So, yeah, it it's um, it's all about asking for help, isn't it, Alison? It really is about asking for help. And I think talking to a friend, first of all, maybe or a member of the family, I mean, I think it's often the case where a close family member will encourage somebody to leave a situation they're in, unhappy in. Um, in fact, that case I mentioned to you with the happy ending, her sister and brother-in-law brother paid our bill and helped pay her lawyer's bills because they were so keen for her to extract herself from the situation. But it's very hard to ask for help. And it's hard to admit that perhaps sometimes you've put up with being treated badly. Um, and you're right, you know, we try and normalize these things in our heads and it isn't normal to be treated like that. Um, so hopefully we can do a small, you know, a small bit to help that. Great. And, and I think, you know, having those empathetic people on your team is, is super important. So if people want to find out more about you, Alison, where can they find you? Website is www.pennywiseconsultants.co.uk. Um, so you can Google Pennywise Consultants, it'll come straight up. Um, and we also have email addresses and you no know, contact form. So we hope we've made it quite easy for people to contact us now great well thank you so much for being a, a guest on my show today I've got one last question for you um, that I ask all my guests 
So my podcast, as you know, is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you. So even if you are stuck there wading through your for me, you can tap into it when you need to along the way. So what is happiness for you, Alison? Well, I'm quite uh, simple in the things that I like. Uh, I have two golden retrievers that are very much part of the office and always have been. Walking them is one of my favourite things. And actually, the office always know when I'm stuck or trying to think of an idea, I will take them off and usually come back with an idea. Um, one of which actually is important was the referral directory that's on our website, the Little Purple Book, which your card's in. That's a very good resource for people, actually, if you're looking for things other than, you know, lawyers, mortgage brokers, financial advisors, whatever. The other thing that makes me happy is... Uh, actually having my friends for dinner I did sometimes I will sit back at a dinner party and hear the laughter and the chatting and a dinner party at home is what will make me happiest with my friends around me friends and dogs two very important things couldn't agree more well thank you so much Alison for joining me today and for being such a fabulous guest well thank you for having me I've been really looking forward to this and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it in person one of these days that's it for today's episode do head on over to www.pennywiseconsultants.co.uk to find out more about Alison and the work she's doing and I look forward to you joining me on my next episode that's it for today's episode of heartbreak to happiness don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sarah's virtual retreats the retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.